0: Good morning, New Hope. I'm calling you from my office on Saturday night. We were planning to have a service at Point View on Sunday, but as of today, the government raised the warning level of the coronavirus to a level two, and in conjunction with the people that we talk to, we've decided to postpone our services where we physically meet at the school hall. Over the last few weeks, the coronavirus has prompted a number of responses. One of them is that the stock market has dropped like a stone, uh, people are panicking. So what should we do? Should we not worry and just go on as, with life as usual? Or should we, which is under-prepare, or on other side, buy extra hand sanitizer, toilet paper and hide inside and prepare for the end of the world, which is what some are tending to do, which is overreacting. I don't know where this is gonna go, but I will try to share from a faith perspective a few thoughts. As disciples of Jesus, the filter that informs our minds is different to that the world. Why is that? Well, because we don't live like those who have no hope. We're called to be different. We live by faith and not by fear. I find hope in the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples on the night of his crucifixion. He said here, and I'm reading, if you excuse me, from the Bible here. It says, on John 14, 27, Peace, my peace, I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So as Christians, we're called to respond in faith and wisdom instead of fear and panic. Therefore, I want to look at a few things that we can do as followers of Christ in these uncertain times. The first is to concentrate on prayer. It's difficult to think of a better prayer example than the one spoken by a very confident but desperate Judean king called Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was seeing an invading enemy come in and about to completely flatten his country. He wasn't just trusting the Lord in the face of a potential military defeat, but all of the downstream effects of that disaster that would follow. Now this verse in 2 Chronicles 20 verse 9 could have been written yesterday. It says this, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and you cry out, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. And he goes on in this prayer, but the, the, uh, the conclusion of the prayer, you'll find a little further down in verse 12. It's an interesting verse. It says, O oh God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. Maybe you don't feel you've got the power coming or to, to deal with the coronavirus which is coming against the world right now. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. It's that last part of the verse I want to focus on. We've never been here before and we don't know what to do. And here Jehoshaphat says, Lord we don't know what to do but our eyes are upon you. Now perhaps again you feel powerless against the virus to which you can be exposed where there are no visible symptoms for 80% of the people. Maybe your anxiety rises as specialists seem to contradict each other sometimes, and experts aren't sure of all the ways that the virus can be transmitted. Or you may feel discouraged as you watch the infection and death tolls rise. If so, join with Jehoshaphat in declaring that we're helpless, but our hope is fixed in God Almighty. (laughs) How many prayers should end with a line like this? We don't know what to do, but our hope is in you, Lord. This is the posture of Christians. So, where we appeal to God's character, we confess our inability, but we put our eyes on the Lord. We can pray or we can worry. Now, I know what some of you are doing. You're worrying and being anxious, but that won't change anything. It won't help us fight off the illness or even prepare. Rather than worrying or being anxious, Jesus calls us to respond in prayer. Here's another verse in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. He says here, be anxious for nothing, nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, anxiety leads to panic, and Jesus says prayer leads to peace. And you make your choice, I make my choice. And then he goes on to say, and the peace of God which passes all comprehension Shall guard your hearts and your minds, guard them in Christ Jesus. Now, a couple of points to pray for. We need to pray for those specifically that are on the front line the medical teams, the medical staff. We need to call, and for our leaders, we need to call out to God for our country and its citizens who are feeling uncertain, anxious, they're in deep water they've never been in before and pray for those who are infected. The second thing we can do, and really importantly, is we need to control our minds. A great teacher, which I was reading this week, really on in the week, Oswald Sanders once said, your mind is the greatest gift God has given you, and it ought to be devoted entirely to him. You should seek to be bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. This will be one of the greatest assets of your faith. When a trial comes along, like now, because then your faith and the Spirit of God will work together. And one other verse that goes along with that is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. The Bible says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of sound mind. Now, how many of you know the human imagination is a very powerful force? It can create a beautiful vision of the future, or... It can also conjure up the very worst possible scenario. Have you noticed that? The imagination of our minds can put us in the dark grip of anxiety and fear. And that is a place that God would not have us go. So how many of you know when you face a situation like this, it's so easy to let our imaginations run wild and go to the very worst end that it possibly could be. Some people do that every time they face a crisis. Some people do that because they have an issue that's difficult or negative, and they allow it to go to the ultimate end, and it destroys their peace. And that is a result that God does not want. This scripture shows the power that banishes fear is a sound mind we maintain us our sound mind by bringing every thought into captivity and not letting it run wild. When you bring something captive, you get it under control. Now, Paul wrote about this when he was being attacked by the Corinthians. He wasn't a happy camper by what was going on, but he didn't manage to deal with it by bringing every thought under control in his mind in Christ. He asked himself, Does this thought have any basis in fact or any reality? If it doesn't, I take it captive. If it's not true, I'm not gonna let it occupy an ever increasing amount of real estate in my mind. And if it's not true, it's not gonna keep me from enjoying the goodness of God and putting me in an unhealthy state of fear. This week I read about an amazing missionary Isabel Kuhn from the Canadian Christian Missionary to the people of China. She was fighting cancer and she realised that she had two enemies. One that was too deep for the surgeon's scalpel. It was an invisible world of her imagination. She wrote about in her book and this is what she said. She said, I had to refuse to allow my imagination to play with my future. That future, I believe, is ordained by God and no man can guess it. So I had to bring my thoughts into captivity, that they may not dishonour Christ. Now maybe some of you here, or who are listening to this service, have been overwhelmed by the anxiety that comes when something like this happens. Friend, you have the opportunity and the responsibility not to let this destroy your peace. You can control your mind. If you couldn't, God wouldn't have commanded you to. He said, to let your thoughts become captive. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We take every thought captive to obey Christ. How would Christ react to this situation? Will he panic? Will you pray? Gaining a sound and centered mind is not as difficult as you think. What it does mean is changing the focus. If you sit there and you watch countless YouTube videos, countless news feeds, that's all you'll feed your mind on. And you'll find fear is getting a greater grip on your emotional health. What we need to do instead is follow in with scripture, centered on the truth of God, and that is the key to being sustained and not losing heart and being discouraged. On the other hand, one of the best definitions I've ever heard of anxiety is an imagining, excuse me, imagining a future without Christ. The coronavirus. For many people, without Christ, is jolly scary. But with him, it's not as scary, because we know he's able to heal those who have already been touched by the disease, and that our lives are in his hand. It reminds me of the scripture in Isaiah 26.3. It says, You keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon you, because he trusts you. So Jesus is always worthy of our trust in uncertain times. And you and I always need somebody that we can trust thank God that that person is Jesus Christ so one we concentrate on prayer second we control our mind and here's something that you may not think today count your blessings The Bible says in Ephesians 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. So God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing from his great abundance. We, over the years, have received one gracious gift after another. And when you and I go through something like this, it may seem so counterintuitive to count your blessings, but it's not. This week I was speaking to a couple of captains of industry in New Zealand and they agreed we have never seen anything like this before and I agree but we ought to stop at this point and thank God for all of the blessings over the countless years we've had before. We've never had to experience this. We're blessed. We don't know what it's all about but we're going to learn along the way. It's going to be a learning experience for all of us. I was going I was at home the other day and I was walking from here down to the bathroom down the other end and as I walked past um, our couch there was a heck of a racket going on and all of sudden I looked out the window and I looked towards it and there were four sparrows sitting on our pool fence having a whale of a time, chirping and singing at the top of their lungs and as I just stopped and paused for a moment my heart was lifted And I remembered the verse from Matthew 6, verse uh, 25. And it said, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap, nor gather in the barns. And yet your heavenly Father takes care of them. Are you not more valuable than they? Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious for your life. If you focus on the torrent of media reports, it can be very depressing. But when you calm down, slow your mind down, focus on God, your focus sharpens, and your perception of what is truly important becomes clearer, and then you start to demote the peripheral values that clutter your life and my life, because it's really easy to be too occupied to appreciate the simple blessings in our lives, which are often the very best blessings that we have. The Bible doesn't say that that we have to be thankful for everything. You got your Bibles, First Thessalonians five eighteen. It says, "Be thankful." in all circumstances for this is god's will for you who belong to christ jesus so in the middle of all this drama god says remember to be thankful maybe this week you won't be able to get to work or your whole work schedule is changing from what you know just take a moment during the uncertainty of all that to give thanks to god for all the blessings that he's given you and me in our lives We live in a country, friends, where this is really rare. And many followers of Christ, though, live in a country where this kind of thing is the norm. Actually, I was speaking to a doctor this week who was a missionary doctor who'd seen Ebola, who'd seen malaria, just take the lives of thousands of people. That's in the third world country. That doesn't happen here very often. We are blessed. So, in the midst of all this we're going to see things that we may not want to give thanks for but we cannot become ungrateful people when we lose things that we've come to expect we need to push pause for a moment and give thanks for the things that we've forgotten to say thank you for in times of plenty count your blessings another thought is to claim your promises the bible is filled with promises that you and i can take to heart I once men said to the evangelist, D.L. Moody, he said, I found a wonderful verse that helps me overcome fear. What is that? He said, Psalm 56, 3. And that says, I looked it up. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And Moody shot back real quick. I can give you a better promise. And you'll find that in Isaiah 12, 2. And it says this, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. The man looked and he said, I just trust God whenever I'm afraid. And Moody shot back, he said, No, trust God, and then you'll never be afraid. When we're afraid, we look to God for the strength that we need. Hebrews 13, 5 and verse 6 says, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Let the promises of God give you strength and the courage and the faith so when everything else around you doesn't make sense, God still does. He still makes sense. Psalm 73 verse 26 was a great encouragement to me this week. My heart, my flesh and my heart may fail but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Lastly, why not consider your responsibility? The rat- history Christians have often stood out because they were willing to help the sick even during plagues and pandemics and famines and persecutions you can read about that in the book of Corinthians and also Galatians so let's not forget in the middle of all this that there were some people who need to be cared for too maybe people that you are close to maybe your neighbors let's care for them contact them pray for them And be on the lookout for those who we can encourage. And even though we're being told to socially distance ourselves from each other, why don't we try and get spiritually closer? One of the best ways to do that is through a small group. We had ours last night. We had 10 folks around here. We had a great time. We still kept the hygiene standards and we kept our social distance, but we still had fun. And we shared and fellowshiped around God's word. And we learned some new skills. It was great. So I encourage you, get involved in a small group other things you can do is your phone can be used for ministry tool to encourage each other maybe four or five minutes a day you can skype you can zoom you can facetime again so we've talked about a few things what can we do in this time of challenge we can concentrate on prayer we can make sure that we control our minds bring every thought captive then we can count our blessings we claim our promises and we consider our responsibilities be great to let us pray let's pray heavenly father we thank you that you're with us we're never alone when when we're in a tight spot you're with us father that your presence is ever our comfort and our strength we say today that lord we're putting our trust in you in this uncertain times and father you know those who are listening And you know that some need to back up and get away from all the negativity and the discouraging news and take a whole new look at your glory and to grab hold of your promises and move forward in faith. Lord, we know that you will help us and that nothing is too hard for you. Nothing has caught you by surprise. And we pray that, Lord, your spirit would use this situation to bring many to know you. We know that all things work together for good for those who know you lord and the call according to your purposes and so father we're waiting with anticipation to see how you will work through your church in this land and around the world in jesus name we ask amen